This is Music Ed Amplified. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Music Ed Amplified, a podcast about music teaching in the real world. One of the things I try to do on the podcast is highlight issues surrounding race, equity, justice, inclusion, and diversity in education. To that end, I've created a segment called Jedi Training Moments, Jedi standing for justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion, as well as just giving me another opportunity to reveal my Star Wars nerdiness. On today's Jedi Training Moment, I want to take a brief second to say something to anyone out there who was a listener of my former podcast and has been listening to this one. And maybe you're not very comfortable with the amount of talk surrounding social justice issues. Maybe you feel yourself thinking, why does she keep bringing these things up? We get it already. I want to talk to you in particular just for a minute and with all my heart for real. I would ask you to stick with me in all this, even if you don't yet think racism or inclusion, equity or injustice is as huge a deal in education as I do. I promise you two things. I will keep talking about all things music ed. We'll talk pedagogy, philosophy, we'll share funny stories, tips and tricks and all of that. Of course, this is very important to me. But I also promise to challenge your thinking in the most firm, honest, loving, and sometimes necessarily painful way I can. Why? I can't apologize for this new focus in my life and in my podcast. But I don't want to drive you away. Instead, I want to persuade you that we can make a better world for our students and ourselves. And I wholeheartedly believe that the way we're going to do that is not only through teaching music to the very best of our ability, which is important, but by confronting the ways that many of our students have been unheard and unseen, and even worse, hurt by things that have happened to them in school. So if you are tempted to press stop, don't, at least not for a few episodes. Let me show you that these topics are necessary and important. Stick with me and let's change the world together for our students. Today's episode features a guest who so many people in music ed know and love already. David Rao loves teaching music to kids. A Nebraska native and Midwesterner at heart, David now lives and teaches in the Kansas City metro area for the DeSoto Unified School District. He holds a master's degree in music ed from the University of Missouri, Kansas City Conservatory, completed three levels and a master course in Orff Schulwerk training, and has extensive experience with critical thinking in the arts. David is an active clinician and has presented workshops at state and local conventions across the United States and Canada. I have had the privilege of sitting in when David is presenting, and I can say that he is just such a wonderful and enthusiastic presenter. And those things were in full force when we were talking in our interview. I can't wait for you to hear him. And I can't wait to share our love of the puppet. So let's get to it. So David, welcome to the podcast. Yay. Thanks. I'm so Thanks glad you're here. Me. I just uh, later on, we're going to talk about our shared love of Let's be honest, the only thing that really matters in puppets. It's true. It's puppets. true. <laughs> uh, but for now, I'm going to start with something I'm asking everybody. Um, I don't know if you 
you're aware of this, but there's a global pandemic. Ever heard of it? <laughs> I'm slightly aware. <laughs> um, I'm asking people about their COVID teaching. And so my first question is, what is your teaching situation right now versus what it would have been had we not had this horrible, horrible, stupid pandemic? Well, it's very different. So today is what, December 3rd that we're taping? Yes. Um, and so I would be in the middle of concert prep and I'd be getting you know ready for choir tour and all sorts of stuff. Right. Um, right now, uh, my students are in the building okay. and I, they all come down to the music room for eight weeks or something. We were in okay. hybrid. Um, our high schools and middle schools are all completely remote. Um, so I teach students in my classroom. They're spaced out. They can't really leave their dot spot. Um, right. And then I also have three classes that are all just remote. Okay. Kindergarten, first grade, and fourth grade. So like, I'm not wow. reusing plans or anything, which is sort of... Fr- oh. yeah, I wish they are all kindergartens. So right, just right. No, that's been one thing. good thing for me this year. <laughs> I'm really teaching only one grade level at a time, which I have to say is a very nice thing to yeah. only do one set of plans. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't want to get you mad at me because I only have to do one <laughs> side of, set of plans. <laughs> but it's what it is. So yeah. how many but kids I mean, about do you have in your classes? It depends, and it depends on the day. Like, I had a class come in today, and they're like, six people are out. Ooh, okay. Well, that drastically reduces. That's not good. (laughs) No. um, Yeah, so my school, I'm new to the school this year, and we have about 500 students overall. Okay. And my classes range anywhere from, well, depending on the day. I mean, um, 18 to 25 or 26 so not not crazy, but it's they all fit in my room pretty well. You know, they they can space out a little bit. And wait a second, did you say eighteen to twenty five or twenty six? Depend, yeah, depending on the <gasps> class and the grade level and the. That's what, a mean, lot of people. What's going on in the Midwest? Because I was hey. talking to somebody else, and they said the same thing. You know, we have like seven kids in our oh, classes wow. because they're very oh, wow. committed to the like, you know, spacing out part Mm -hmm. you know my music room could take more kids but the classrooms can't um so i it's It's, so weird for me to hear that many people it's weird it's and and part of it is because like one of the classroom teachers got pulled to be an online only teacher so they had to dissolve Mm -hmm. her small room and spread everybody went out it's a numbers thing and it was like they ha- they were going to be remote and then they changed and then they let parents re-enroll. I mean, it's, it's the same sort of stress every school district is dealing with. Like, yeah. I'm just glad this year I am not number one, an administrator and number two, right. a registrar. Yeah. Because if I were like a, in charge of class rosters, I would go nuts. <laughs> yeah. I do not envy. I don't envy anybody in this situation. I don't think there's anybody no. who's like sitting pretty you know, while, while this happens. Well, what, what's the, what's the thing that's the hardest for you right now? Um, it's, I guess, modifications. It's not even modifications for me. Uh, like I, I like, I like planning. I I mean, I, I really like, I I don't like lesson planning. I just, I like, like, getting a plan and then doing it, you know, like I'm I'm the kind of person where like, Oh, I'm going to reteach this lesson seven times okay well i'm gonna get it really good and i'm really gonna like it then right. i'm gonna like teaching it seven times you know like exactly. I, I like i like thinking about that and so this year's been tricky because it's like okay we're gonna maybe be all remote 
nope, no, we're going to be, yes. here, but we're going to be hybrid. <laughs> oh, but wait, no, we're not going to be hybrid. We're going to be in person, but not in your rooms. But then we are going to be in your, like, I, I, I don't know. Like I make oh, plans and then halfway through the rotation, it's like, we're changing everything. Like, oh, that's crazy. Dang it. <laughs> oh my. So how long you've been doing, did you say you've been doing the same thing for eight weeks now? Uh, we've been, um, we've been in fully in person for seven weeks, probably. Okay. That's pretty good because I'm hearing about a lot of districts out there who are closing down, not out, but I mean in the West, Midwest, (laughs) whatever that part is. Yeah. I mean, our high school and middle school, they, they've, they were, they were hybrid and now they've gone to fully remote. And like my nephew's school has gone to fully remote the whole district elementary through high school. And um, my partner's school district where he works, they just elected to be fully remote through April. So wow. Through April. Yeah. Their, their percent positive rates like in the thirties in that neighborhood. (gasps) So yeah. So, I mean like everybody's different, right? For sure. Even in the same County, it's can be very, very different. All right. And are you allowed to sing? Um, no, maybe that's not clear. I'm in a pretty small district, like seven elementaries. Right. That's like mine. Yeah. So, I mean, I think like I can, I I feel comfortable doing little tiny bits because like we're all masked, we're all spaced out. My district bought the the isolation room. Like if you're suspected COVID, there's an isolation room. They bought the isolation room and the music room, a hospital grade air filter. Wow is crazy and great, but like it circulates all the air in my room every 20 minutes. That's awesome. Like completely. So I I feel like if there's anything, it's sort of filtered out, but I'm not going to chance it. So I'm not like, I'm not putting on Annie the musical, (laughs) but like if I do a little vocal, vocal warm up, I don't feel bad about that. Yeah. It makes sense. I was doing it kind of by accident. That's what keeps happening to me. And I realized like how much I sing my directions yeah. that's been really hard. Like, cause the kids are like, well, I thought you're not supposed to sing. I'm like, Oh, whoops. Yes, that's true. Yeah. All but right. then it's, it's crazy. Cause like I hear the after school program and they're like yelling and singing, doing all sorts of stuff. I'm like, and they're run by high schoolers who like, don't, they don't enforce the mask stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'm not putting anyone in any more danger right. than right. they are in any other place. But like, I mean, even the classroom teachers, they're, I'll say something like, oh, yeah, it's sort of tricky because we're not singing. They're like, you're not singing. Yeah. What is there to you if you're not singing? <laughs> well, or they don't even know. And they're like, oh, we're like doing our little like. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Okay. You know, that's funny. I forgot about that. But I had heard that like maybe a month ago. And I just realized, did anybody tell us this? Like, I remember thinking, like, did we get like an actual here are things you can do and you can't do. And here I am being so careful. And then you walk by like a kindergarten class and they're singing like Tudita or whatever. <laughs> you're just like. Or yelling. Yeah. Yes, I mean, yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, yeah, so it sounds it's different. like, yeah, but it sounds like you're okay with it ish. Would you say I'm, that? We're well, plans are different. I, I keep trying to tell myself like I, my gut reaction when someone's like, what's it like teaching in COVID? Like, I keep wanting to say like, it's not ideal, you know, like that's yeah. my initial reaction. Sure. Right. But I'm trying to like teach myself to say like, it's not what I'm used to. Yep. You know, like, but I'm finding that even though I'm not singing or doing folk dancing or a lot of the things I would normally do, um, there are a lot of other cool things that are happening. You know, like 
just like every other school probably in the whole world. Uh, we're, <laughs> we talk about co college and career a lot, you know, like right. career readiness or whatever. And so our district got a grant for that. And so nice. they really pushed it. And I'm finding like, oh, like with my fourth graders, we're doing a musician spotlight every day. Yeah. So like we're talking about, like we talked about Dolly Parton. We talked about like she sells her songs and people re, you know, cover her songs and she features in other people's songs and mm -hmm. how did she get started and you know like we talk about like what does a career in music look like yeah you and know, stuff I, you wouldn't I, have, I have time to conversations do conversations before yes yeah. no that's the one thing that I've loved is like the things that I have always been like touching on now I'm getting to really deep dive um and I don't have to feel guilty about it even though I still do a little bit but you yeah. know I remind myself I can't do those other things I can't right so, okay. Well, you, I'm just going to say you sound pretty positive. Like, <laughs> well, I'm trying to be positive. Uh, well, I mean, it's working. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> You're doing well, it. I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing my kids, which is like good. And they're, yeah. they've been really good about, you know, like people are like, well, how's the mask thing going? Like the kids are actually they're real. They're adults, so, so good. <laughs> it's a, like, do you find, this is my thing. The kids are great and they don't complain, but I always have one kid in every class. Always one with the mask under their nose or like an ill-fitting mask. And I've mm -hmm. just, I'm, I'm going to make a sign. I keep, why don't you make one in your, in your teacher pay teacher <sighs> shop? That's like, please fix your mask. Please. You know, I'm like, please fix your mask, please. And I, some of my classes, they're very close to me. Not very, but I mean, right, we're right at that six foot thing. And just, just always one kid. I'll just look over or they're like drinking water for like 40 minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah. So I always say mask check or something, or yeah, I'll always like, idea. I always look at that one kid who it always <laughs> is. And I'm like, okay, everyone. Make yes. Sure you know, like, <laughs> and after a while they're like, I'll just, I'll just look over and they'll be like, yes. And I'll just move you see, it up. now that's like the nice person thing to do. I'm like, David, <laughs> put your mask up. David, your mask is on the, under your nose again. They're like, Oops. But anyway, okay. I don't even mind that. It's the kids that lick their mask and then they like have a wet spot. Because okay, I now, get like one of those a day. That I don't think I've had any experience with. <laughs> what it's are they like doing? The same kid who like chews on their oh, teeth. Oh, yeah. Or the, like their sh uh, shirt sleeves. Yeah. It's that gross. kid. <laughs> now I'm going to be looking at all the kids like who's doing it. Who's, You'll find it. You'll which, see it. <laughs> which one of you is it? Okay. Anyway, well, let's move on to something that could not be more uh, different than this part of the conversation. <laughs> and that is... Um, you know, I shared with you that I'm on this journey, we're all on the journey, you know, one way or the other, to honestly, you know, kind of confront and hopefully eliminate racism, implicit bias, uh, white supremacy, any of these things that I discover in my life and my classroom. Uh, and the hardest part for me, which is being brave enough to call it out when I see it somewhere else. Uh, because of it, I'm trying to learn from other people. Uh, as they look into these issues in their own lives. And can you share where you are in this process? Maybe I can steal some ideas from you. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to share about it. I think Thank you. the, the first thing that a lot of people think about is like um, critically reviewing your resources. Yeah. Right. So like looking at the songs you're teaching or the lesson plans you're doing, I think that's a great place to start. Cause that's like the daily stuff. Right. Sure. Um, and and I think that's hard for some people, like, how do you research or how do you find out or, how, you know, but that's like the first thing is really critically looking at what you're teaching. And um, so I think a lot of us are dealing with that. The, the thing that, that 
like brings me joy. Uh, and when I'm thinking about, um, you know, making my room more inclusive and decolonizing it and think more about that, the part that I love about it is being really intentional about um, being inclusive with my resources and with my lessons, like on purpose. So I've really been looking at children's books that are more inclusive. I've yes, I love like, when you share books. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Your book. I try and find books yes. that are, are good and hit the lesson content, but also have, you know, a protagonist who's black or um, I try and find indigenous um, characters or just even like, you know, finding newer versions of things. Like maybe there's a book that like illustrates a song that now has been redone this year and has people of color in it, you know, like, yeah. so there, I love doing that. And I find that the more I look for those, the more I find. Um, awesome. So like, Right now, December, a lot of people are like, you know, you can find like Walking in a Winter Wonderland or whatever. But there are also really cool books like there are really cool books about Hanukkah. There's a, a, I know an old lady who swallowed a dreidel. What? <laughs> like, I didn't know that. You know, um, or there's a fun book called Twas Noche Buena, which takes like Twas mm -hmm. the Night Before Christmas, but makes it all about Posadas. Las Posadas. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, like, there are some really cool things like that that you can, you know, find ways to bring more, um, more into your classroom and, and find things that really make you happy and also are inclusive at the same time. So the, that's one of the things I love looking at. And I find like, you know, the musician profile is another example, like which, which musicians am I sharing with my students and why, you know? So like, I, I well, honestly, the first one I did was Dolly Parton and I love Dolly Parton. <laughs> I love that. And I sat with myself for like 15 minutes debating, like, why should I, or why should I not? Like, Right. There's a lot of great, there are a lot of great things about her, you know, like she wrote over 3000 songs and she's, you know, crazy. a super crazy, plays every instrument. And yeah. Like very Fantastic smart musician. and a woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, like all these things, but I was sitting there like, but why Dolly Parton and why not this other person? You know, like yeah. I really thought. And so it was like, then I started developing like, well, first I'll do Dolly Parton and then I'll do Tito Puente and then I'm going to do John Coltrane. And like, and I, I started to think about why I'm going to do all these people and like, hitting different genres and, di mm. you know, really trying to think about like, how am I balancing out and showing my students all different people, all different ages, different genres, different cultures, di you know, and trying to find more. So, and, yeah. and the more you look, the more you find, like I found a really cool hoop dancer. Um, oh, I love hoop can, dancing. I know. I found yeah. a really cool hoop dancer who can like bring in more information about indigenous cultures and how indigenous future sorry, indigenous music didn't stop, you know, with the pioneers, like, right, right. You know, native peoples are still making, still, yeah, it's still going. And, yeah. So, I mean, they're just, there are a lot of cool things that you can find. And I think the less you think of it as like a burden of, I've got to release these games or songs or whatever that I've used for forever and think more like, Ooh, wow. Now I can bring in this other really cool thing that, that just mentally helps you, but also yeah, it invigorates you because you're not doing the same thing you've done for yes. you know, 20 years. So no, and I, I would encourage people and I'm sure most people listening already, you know, follow you, but if you don't, you know, I really appreciate, um, the, the kind of things you share and the, the joy you share, you know, from the things you get to teach. So I, I like that concept of, even just the smallest thing, you know, taking 15 minutes to sit and say, why am I presenting this musician? And if I present this musician, who's the next one and why that one, instead of just kind of automatically lockstep, 
you know, first I got to present this person. Now I got to present this person. Um, and that's been freeing for me in the past two years, too. Like when I started talking about um, Celia Cruz, it just like changed everything in my classroom and the kids still talk about it and so it's freeing once you get over that hump of but I always have done this you know or my kids used to love this and I always say to people they love they're gonna love so much of what you present to them so don't let that be the determining factor you know in what you choose so anyway I think you you don't always have to throw something out but if you just think about how can I diversify this like Prime example for me, I have always loved nutcrackers and yeah. the nutcracker, yeah. but that is like, it is so white, you know, <laughs> like gonna... it is so <laughs> yes. like straight laced white. Every single thing, yeah. I mean, yeah. And so when I was thinking like, okay, how can I, well, first of all, you can buy nutcrackers that are black or right. Hispanic or what. And so there's the representation there, but also like, um, I, I always teach, well, in the last year, um, when I teach things, I teach in balance. So I teach a story of the Nutcracker and then there's the Nutcracker in Harlem, which is this really awesome book that's right. reimagined as if Clara or Marie or whatever you want. Yeah. I always is black and lives in Harlem. Or then there's a book about Duke Ellington and how he re-envisioned, you mm-hmm. know, re-envisioned the, the Nutcracker suite. So, I mean, like you can take this thing that is traditional and is a part of our curriculum and add an element that just diversifies yeah. it. So that's fantastic. I mean, if you're looking for it, you'll, you'll find it. But it right. just, if you, if you get stuck in like, well, I either have to throw it all out or I can't, you know, like maybe not, maybe yeah. there's <laughs> it a way, there's on a the resource. There's a way to, to, um, blend many things. And f- like, like you said, diversify it. There's some things that we have to throw out and there's other things that are fantastic. And like you said, broaden the scope of what you've done. I love it. Well, thank you. But I'm still on a journey. We're all just, you know, we're all, it's, it's a constant process and I, I have to stop and apologize all the time. And I have to sometimes say to students like, oh, we're not doing that one, you know? And so it, but it's, it's a constant process, but if you're committed to it, you know, that, I think that's the important part. Absolutely. And to keep going, like don't give up or shut down. Um, There've been a couple of times, I remember last year, Uh, somebody gave me a very good criticism and I just had this moment of like you know what like I'm not even gonna try because when I try it's wrong and everything I say is wrong and everything I do and it was just such a selfish kind of tantrum (laughs) that I was having and I'm thankful that I was able to just be like you know what no it's because it's not for me I can't believe I'm about to say this it's for the kids (laughs) I used to make fun of my colleague who said that all the time. I do it for the kids, Missy, for the kids. I'm like, well, aren't you so good and wonderful? Because <laughs> sometimes sometimes I, I don't feel like doing it for the kids because I'm tired. But that's just me. So let's get back to positive uh, things. Let me not get into my negative space. Um, I love to ask people because I'm so fascinated with uh, music at home, music in childhood. What was the the place of music in your life when you were young and growing up and how did you get, how did you become a music teacher? Um, I fought it for a long, long time. (laughs) Um, I grew up with music sort of all around. Um, My, 
my elementary music teacher was also my high school Spanish teacher. And I, I was a very, very, very small school. I graduated wow. at a public school in a class of 14. So Whoa, a public school. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to one of the smallest schools in rural Nebraska. So wow. we were, it was a very interesting situation. Um, but I love that teacher. And so she was just someone who I wanted to be more like, and I don't think it's any, I don't think it's a coincidence that my first job was teaching elementary music in a population that was 87% English language learners, almost Mm. all his speaking Spanish. So anyway, so she definitely inspired me. I grew up in um, a Mennonite church where we sang four part acapella every week. Whoa, that's a training. I know. (laughs) (laughs) How'd you learn to read music? I was like, well, you sort of had to, you know, I listened to so-and-so and and I tried to, you know, all of these I mean, but it's tons of experiences like that, like things just around that. Honestly, I don't know that I had the best like formal music training. Like I didn't take AP music theory or anything, but like I had so many varied, different, fun, great experiences. And when I was in college, I thought I was going to be a college choir conductor, like a choir professor. And I I went and got my master's in choral conducting along Mm -hmm. with an ed degree. Okay. Um, and then I student taught and, and like for years and years and years, people are like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to teach it in college. And they're like, mm, you're uh-huh. really good with kids though. Like, have you ever <laughs> thought of working with kids? I'm like, no, you're like, no, a no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this college thing. And they're like, okay, well, but you're really good. You know, like, and so then I student taught and I, I sort of eventually was like, I really do find way more joy in this than I do in, oh, in I love so this story. things. Right. So you know, I student taught and I fell in love with it. And, and I had a couple opportunities after college where I was like, I could apply for this or this or this. And it was, it was the elementary jobs that I kept gravitating towards. So it, mm-hmm. it just ended up and I'm, I'm glad I, you know, 10 years in, I'm glad that I, I, this is what I chose. And um, I think we're all glad. I, w- I wouldn't change now. So. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's funny to think of what you thought you would do versus what you end up doing. Um, and I'm glad for all of us that you ended up where you did. Don't go to that. Yucky well, me too. I mean, I'm so, <laughs> I mean, I'm still glad I took that, you know, college choir lit class. It was interesting, sure, but you sure. know, I'm not going to do a unit with my students on Carabini or anything. Right. Anymore, but, you know, I think like, they're going to thank you for that. <laughs> but like, you know, you're, you take the path you take and I can't be, frustrated like sometimes I'm like man well, I wish I would have just known right away but if I had not you know if I'd not taken this path would I have ended up in the place I am I don't know right no so. no we got to take you got to take that journey and I was I didn't I graduated undergrad and said I would never teach I was going to go teach or study music theory uh, music theory oh my gosh no music history <laughs> nobody wants to see me studying music theory and then I at the two weeks before school started, I took a job to help a small Christian school out. And the first day I fell in love with it. I mean, I had zero intention of doing it. And so anyway, I know you are an Orschelwerk guy. Do you notice I threw I said the both words. That's impressive, right? <laughs> it's good. It's good. And then yeah. I even did the little like Schulwerk. Like, yes, did the little go German. <laughs> good for you. I was trying to be so legit, but I'm such a poser. Um, I obviously, I don't know a ton about Orf. And I have, can I just tell you something? Let me just be honest. Anytime I try to talk to somebody about Orf, 
no, I don't want to say it like this because that's it's. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not presenting it well because it, it's it, part of the problem is me. I'm not exactly sure what's going on, <laughs> except that everybody who's doing it loves it, right? So I'm like, can if I came to your room, so I let's say I'm in a like Kodai guy's room and I'm in an Orf guy's room, and if I'm looking at you, what am I going to see in that instruction? That's going to be somewhat unique. I'm sure there's tons of crossover, you know, in both classrooms. What What is unique? What draws you to this uh, philosophy, this approach? Well, okay, so my elevator speech, because I get a lot of people say this all the time, like, mm-hmm. what exactly is or Especially parents. Sure, like, sure. What is this weird word you're right. throwing at me? <laughs> um, Orf Schulberg is just an approach to teaching music to children, and it's one where um, it's a holistic approach that includes speech and singing and playing instruments and moving and improvisation where creativity is of the utmost importance. And so what that looks like in my classroom is different from day to day or year to year. But generally you're going to hear me say a lot of, that's a great idea. What else could we do? Okay. That's great. What else could we do? How else could we change this? How And so for me, what is most exciting about Orf Schulberg is, um, yeah, let's try that out. Okay, what else can we do? So like if we're doing mm. body percussion, okay, we're doing some simple rhythms and echoing. What would this sound like if we padded it? What about if we snapped it? Which what? do you like better? Why do you like that? You know, and so it's a lot of like exploring and trying and then revising and then exploring and trying and revising. Let's go do that on the instruments. What would that sound like if we moved it on these bars or, you know, and so it's a lot of trying and exploring. And then I I feel that it gives kids a really, well, it gives them lots of confidence that like I can be a part of this process and I can not make, I won't make a mistake if I try it, you know, I can try and that's okay. And then it gives them the framework of like, well, why do I like this one more than another? Hmm. Why, why do I like using the head of the mallet as opposed to the, the stick of the mallet? Like, why would so you really like, the... it's so much about process, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of, it, it, oh, I think a lot of people who don't know Orf Schulberg are like, they're the people who kick off their shoes and pretend their leaves falling <laughs> off of a tree. And like, yeah, sometimes <laughs> that's what we are. What, who but would like, ever think that? <laughs> I think some of, I know, I think, well, I've seen it at national conference. Yes. I think some of um, my favorite or silver practitioners are super crazy type A, like very thought out, very, very scaffold, you know, scaffold minded and very thoughtful. And I think they're some of the best music educators. And while we do have those moments of like, ah, freedom and what do you want? <laughs> right. You know, like giving the kids the chance to explore on their own. There's still a lot of like, and what do I look for to encourage? And how do I pick that out? And how do hmm. I give them processes to figure out what to do next? So it's, it's a lot, it's, it looks like just go with it, but it's a right. lot of work on yeah. the back end. If you're doing if it right. Sense. Well, I think, I yeah. think a lot of, a lot of at least music or probably any creative pedagogy that has to be part of it since you're trying to forward the child's like creative process. Um, but can I tell you something? That's one of the best little elevator pitches I've heard for it because it actually, it actually like, I can see that. I mean, I could always see the appeal, but um, that's the first time that somebody's explained it where I felt like 
I could get into that because sometimes I feel like people are explaining it and I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of like, we're a leaf on the wind, like kind right. of too much of that. So you said it in a way that's more, I don't know. It just was more appealing to me. I am not a leaf on the wind person. Like I can do that. <laughs> and like, I've passed all my levels. So like, right. I, I obviously am, you've I done it at some point. Yes. Right? <laughs> but like, I'm not the per- when they're like, okay, and we're all going to whatever. I will grudgingly do it. Right. Know? Right. Like, no, that's it's not like- true. I, I, I like the freedom, <laughs> but like, that's not where I go. You know, I'm in it for like, you know, I remember being in high school at high school, all state jazz band for like my level of schools or whatever. And I was, I was in, I was the pianist Okay. and I was really good at reading music. Like I was really good at reading and playing and like, I could do whatever. And I remember like in the rehearsal, the professor looking at me going, all right, David, you get the next solo. And I was like, no. Yes. I'll because pass. there was no written music for that. Yes. You weren't and a good no improviser. Had, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And no one had ever taught me to improvise. No one had ever said like, well, just stay in the key. And well, I, I don't know if I knew what the key was. You know, like, <laughs> right. I didn't even I don't know if I knew that. that framework. Like just stay in the key, keep the rhythm simple, play around with whatever, find a pattern and, you know, keep play with that. Pa- like no one had given me any structures for that. Yeah. And so I was like at it, I was at like a, a high level in high school, like terrified that they were going to ask me to do something that should have been relaxing. Right. Yeah. But, you know, now as a teacher, I'm like, I'm giving kids patterns of like, look for patterns and use rhythms you like. And why do you like that sound? Is that pleasing? Why is that? What can Mm. you do more of to make more, you know, like it's just teaching kids to think and evaluate. And honestly, ORF is like the music version of growth mindset in a lot of ways. It's like, take that and then what, take that and then what, revise and then what, you know? And, and so, yeah, it's, I think for some people, it's a little tricky that like you could go into a lesson with a song and for one class, it could turn out to be one thing and one, it could be another, you know, in a slightly different way. Because if you right. follow, if you let them follow what they want to do, it might take you somewhere else. But I hmm. sort of like that, you know, I like the the freedom of let's follow and see what we find. And okay. that, that sounds yeah, I like in that. vague terms. No, vague no, it terms, doesn't. That sounds like so like nebulous, but I promise there is a structure and it's yeah, wonderful. No, I, and I'm not saying there's not, I'm saying I just, I'm, I, cause I've never taken those levels and I'm, I'm always trying to kind of parse, like take information from what I see from people. Sometimes I'm like, I don't understand what, what the unique thing is. And I know that people said it's not the, it's not the, you know, instruments. It's not, <laughs> it's you not know, the answers, right. yeah. you know, and so I'm trying, I'm trying to, so I'm like, is it the scarves? Like, is it the, what's the <laughs> thing that's happening? So I like that. And I love, especially, you know, the idea of this creative path that leads to the ability to improvise, which is, um, Dr. Fire Robin says the highest level of musical thinking, which actually Ed Gordon said to him. Yeah. So somebody said that. Um, and I like the idea that, yeah, every day I have all these ORF books and what, and I'm like, I got to crack those open, but my book list is way too long. <laughs> well, there it's tricky too. Cause like Carl ORF and his contemporary Gunild Kateman, who are really like the architects behind ORF Schulberg, they, they did all of this stuff and they did all this great work. And there are a couple really good books that they, they've written, but a lot of the stuff that's published, like the, the big yellow books, the volumes, mm-hmm those are not for beginners. You know, those, right. those are like examples of what their kids came up with. And ORF, oh, there was a while where ORF didn't want those published. Hmm. 
because he didn't want people to say like this is verbatim the way you need to use this like right. he did not think that right and so you know there are so many great books that are like here's sort of what that means so if there's anyone who's like interested in orf schulberg i always point them to jane frazy's book called i think it's discovering orf. oh the blue one with the orange letters yeah look yeah the blue i one. have that i think it's great <laughs> Yeah, and okay, that really so gives you one. sort of a look into it. Yeah, and another one is uh, Kate Mon, who was Carl Orff's first his student, and then his like right hand, like they were contemporaries. Um, she wrote a book called Elementaria. Okay, it's a little red book, and it is. I mean, she helped me. Like, I she, the fun story is like they wanted a melodic instrument, and somebody gave them recorders, and Orff was like, "I don't know how to play this. We don't have a fingering chart. Figure it out." And she did. And she figured out wow. how to teach it. And, the, you know, I mean, she did all this stuff. So, like, she was all brain power. And she wrote this really great, concise little book that gives you ideas about improvisation and movement. And hmm. it's brilliant. But uh, there are some great books. But the yellow books are not are not a good place to start. Yeah, like, don't open that <laughs> don't. book and be like, I'm going to learn. Here's a quick primer on. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> no, that's because I, And it's in German. Yes. So, like. Yeah, well, I mean, no. I that's. I mean, me personally, I'm a German expert, obviously, because I said Schulver. Okay. But for everybody else, it's going to be a challenge, is what we're saying. Um, well, I mean, this is kind of related. I, I want to say, um, I think I've said this to you before, but I will never forget when we were at TMEA at the same time. And I went to one of your things. And I walked in the room, and there were literally like 9,000 people in the room. <laughs> And I was TMEA like, TMEA is intimidating, <laughs> I'll tell you what. TMEA is a crazy, the first time they put me in one of those ballrooms, I almost had a fit. So honestly, <laughs> I was like, you made a mistake. I do not know why you put me in this room. Like, no this one's coming to this. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know. but yours was amazing. And I, I think that is obviously, you know, uh, a testament to how you've impacted people. But let's talk about how you've impacted me. Because really... That's what we're here to talk about, me and how you've invented me. And that is our shared love for the puppet, the beautiful, beautiful puppet. Um, I actually, wait, oh, well, I'll have to wait till when you're talking to lean over because <laughs> I have a new one. <laughs> oh. I have a new one that just happens to be in my house for some reason, maybe because I don't want to let it go and bring it to school <laughs> or like. My daughter, um, I when we were doing Little Mermaid, I used it as an excuse to get. Um, do you have you ever seen the Folk Man as Sheepdog? No, but I've wanted that one. Okay, can I tell you? <laughs> it is the coolest, most realistic thing I have ever seen. Maybe because it has so much fur. <laughs> my daughter. So this is two years ago, three years ago, and my son. They cried. They would not let me bring it to school. They were so enamored with this, which is the size of not a cheap dog but like a regular dog my they daughter can get would, big yeah. yeah my dog would sleep with it every night they named it coo i don't know why and um they still talk about how angry they were with me when i brought it to school <laughs> for its intended purpose which was to be <laughs> the dog in little mermaid but let's say there's i don't mean to say that a guy would be the one but let's say there's a guy out there and he's like um what's the deal with puppets who cares and why should I use them? What are you going to say to that guy? Um, okay, well, I I could go on forever about this. Yeah, we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need like a series, like a puppet series. Um, I did a whole session this fall at uh, North Carolina Music Educators all about puppets. So like I'm, all, I'm all about it. Jealous. Um, 
<laughs> I think that they can do so many things. Um, I think the obvious first thing is, um, I'm just waiting for you to pull out the puppet in like the I middle was... of a What is it, David? <laughs> I'm holding up my awesome snail puppet, which my kids are very upset at because it's not correct. <laughs> it, they said the eyes should be... Up at the top of the Oh, on stocks. the stocks. Anyway, uh, well, sorry. I was not going to bring it, it up really so you could <laughs> see it until you were. Yeah. Well, I said, how cute is this guy? Have you seen this I was one? sure you're going to be, mi- I was going to be mid-sentence and that, and something <laughs> well, would pop out. I wasn't going to do that. I was actually like, I should wait until this whole thing and I'm going to have the stupid puppet on my arm the whole time. But have you seen him? I've, I've never had one, but I've seen them in the catalogs. And I was like, I, yeah, he's a I beaut. love it. He's a be- okay. I'm sorry. Now let's get back to business. I'm putting him away. Okay. Well, so when you pulled that out, I was like, well, this snail snail song, obviously. Exactly. But, you know, I think that they're like, you can use them for like my English language learner teachers would always say, like, if you can have an image or a stuffy or, you know, something that, that personifies what you're talking about, especially if you're using new language, that really helps language learners. So yeah. I love having like a character that like, embodies a song or you know if like you want to teach a song about bears or whatever if you could ha- if you have a bear who's like yeah. i'm a primary source and let me tell you about bears you know like it just sort of invigorates your lessons in weird Absolutely. ways that you can you know you can take avenues or you know explain things because that character is a part of that world you know yeah. and kids will believe that to a certain yes. extent <laughs> so which is so funny you yeah um I also think that like they're really along those same lines. They're really good if you're teaching something where you need to explain something. Like I always think of the explanation of like uh, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, you know, because Sherlock Holmes would be a really boring series of books because he just understood everything like right away. Like he was so brilliant. Right. And to a normal reader, to an average reader, they would not be able to follow Holmes. So that's why Dr. Watson was there because he would ask questions like, tell me Holmes, how did you come (laughs) to that conclusion? You know, like you need someone who's like, Oh, I don't quite get it. And so puppets can either be that person. They can ask silly questions. Right. I never thought of this. Yeah. Or they can like make mistakes on purpose that then you can correct so then you're not correcting a student, you're correcting right. a puppet, yeah. you know, so like you're lowering their, their, uh, their tension, right? Because you're correcting the puppet, not the kid. Uh, that's even like if, if you have kids with everyone has like a finger puppet, you can talk to the puppet, not to the kid. Right. So you're correcting the puppet, not the kid. And the kid's like, ha, ha, ha. But then you're fixing their behavior. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's like all these little things that like the more you have it, the more you're like, oh, you know, and, and the puppet's sort of an intermediary in some ways. And it's really funny, like, I always find with kindergartners when there's, there are kids who are struggling with, like, their singing voice especially, because that's a struggle I think a lot of people, like, how do you get kids to sing, or how yep. do you get them to match pitch, or whatever. There are some kids who will never sing to me, but will sing to my puppet. Yep, absolutely. Why? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's magic. It's a thing. Yep. Yeah, and it is magic. I saw Lynn Kleiner presenting about puppet, or she just had puppets, and she was talking about the thing where, like, you know, kids will sing or will interact with a puppet. And I was like, I don't know if I believe that. And then I went back to school with a puppet and I had a girl with selective mutism who would talk to the puppet, but not mm-hmm. to me. Isn't that so amazing? Like, okay. You yeah. Know, it's just, it's another tool. And yeah, it seems silly, but the more that you have it on or have it around, like the more you find a use for it. And I, I mean, there are a lot of things that I will, 
you know, be silly and stupid. And I don't care how I look around a seven-year-old that I do care. Around you. Right. Like exactly. the paraprofessional in the room, it gets a little, <laughs> you know, cause like I'll be rolling the floor or whatever. But right, like right, right. puppets is that thing, you know, like they're silly and they're funny, but like kids love them and they make teaching easier. So yeah. And you, and you know, what's funny. I think there's just something, it's, it's very basic, you know, how, uh, with grownups, you know, if I go to a grown-up, probably even a music teacher, but let's say not a music teacher, and I say, you know, would you please sing for me Yankee Doodle, what's down? They're going to, like, freeze up and be like, no, I'm not doing that. But if I said to them, would you sing it like you're in a Bugs Bunny cartoon um, and, you know, you're being an opera singer? There's something about saying that that it's so amazing to me. There's There's just some like neuronal thing that happens where they're like, oh, okay, la, 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 you know, and they'll do yeah. that all day long. And so I think puppets, it's a, it must be like traveling on a similar track where it's like, if I say to a kid, please sing this, you know, most of my kids are used to it, but in the beginning, they're just like, mm -hmm. but when I bring that puppet out, there's something about that that just frees them to do that thing so whether it's them singing to the puppet on my hand or me even bigger handing them a puppet and saying would you please you know use this puppet to sing that song it's so funny how it's like so simple and but it's a, like a piece of magic for them and yeah. also I had a student teacher who said something about it and I said you know what it's fun for me so let's just leave it there <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> fun. I'm having fun with it. So, you know, and they love it. Uh, tell me some of your favorite puppets. I kind of have a feeling like I know some of them, which is kind of nerdy that I know that. Who are they? Okay. Why do you love them? What do you use them for? Well, okay. So when I first started with puppets, because I have several. I'll just say you have several a few now. puppets is what you're saying. I have a few. <laughs> Um, now, but when I first started, I was like trying to find puppets that I were like multi-use, you know, right. that like if I'm Cause sometimes if you like puppets can get expensive or whatever, if you're investing, you're like, I want to buy one. Right. Don't, start um, with. Jeremy, don't listen to this part of the podcast because they often give you three for one. I don't know yeah, there you, know. you go. There <laughs> anyway, you go. go Just don't look at the credit card. Yes, statements. exactly. <laughs> um, no, but I was like, when I was first teaching, I wanted to find things that were versatile. And so what I sort of did was I would look for something that would like a token animal from a certain like world or genre. Right. Okay. So like, for me, it was like, um, there's the, there's a rabbit. There's a, I, I like the Dutch rabbit is what it's called. The folk manus brand. Cause it's um, like, it's weird that I know relaxed. exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's ears flopped down. Right. But like the rabbit is cool because you can use it for anything spring, anything garden, yep. anything forest, anything hopping or jumping or movement. I mean, so like you can pull it into like every single lesson, you know? Yeah. Um, I have a tabby cat that I use for barnyard, household, uh, you know, domesticated animal, anything like that. Plus also right. she's just sassy as yes. get out. Right. <laughs> Um, and I have, uh, like for the ocean, I have an octopus that, you know, I try and find things that are non-threatening animals. So like, right. I don't use the grizzly bear. I use right. the rabbit, you know, right. for forest or like, I don't use a shark. I use an octopus, you know? So like it, it's, it's things that kids 
don't have a problem with. The one that tripped me up was the owl because I I do like my owl. Right. But do the kids, kids not like it? Like, well, some don't. Like my really? sister, my sister who is a grown adult person with two children of her own <laughs> is like, don't bring that owl because I get, I hate owl. Like, is it the full size one? Is a thing. Oh is yeah. It? Mm-hmm, yeah. Because yeah. well, I use all the little ones. Oh, the finger puppets. The oh, finger yeah, puppets. Sure. So maybe those aren't as scary. Well, also this owl has a little joystick inside, and its head swivels like an actual. Okay, owl. that's weird. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very. It looks like Hedwig from um, uh, from Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. It's a white snow. Yeah, I would assume owl, that so. kids would love that, but listen, some do, but there are some kids like owls are just. It's yeah. it's a thing. People have a phobia of owls. I didn't know until I. Well, had maybe you can there. just help them get over that phobia. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So I'm here to help you with some immersion therapy, kids. <laughs> but I mean, anyway. like, I have like a swimming animal. I have flying animals. I have what you know, so that like I can, I have a cow who I can do for any farm thing. You know, like so I I, tr- I that's where I started, and then things just sort of <laughs> snowballed, like spiraled out of control. There. Yeah, spiral out. Of- um, another one that I love is the the um, the squirrel. Yes. Can, there are so many squirrel songs. Number the big one, squirrel. Right? I have the big one and the small one. Oh yeah. One. That I, big one is I do awesome. Too. And guess what? Yeah. Somebody gave it to me. That has never happened. <laughs> I was waiting for it to go down in price. And I'm like, I want that squirrel. And my friend wrote me and she said, you were saying something about puppets. I have this squirrel puppet. I'm like, it's going to be terrible. Like in my mind. And she showed me a picture. I'm like, oh, it's the folk manis squirrel puppet. She hated mm. it. Her kids hated it. I'm like, come to mama. Come to mama. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. I Go ahead. found a Folk Manus brand with the tag on at a Goodwill. Oh, for idiots. $2. Like a idiots. full size. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Folk Manus, if you're listening, I feel like you have your two spokespeople here. Like. For real. Yeah. yeah. And Jennifer like Bailey also liner. loves puppets. Yeah. 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 It's oh. like the best. And, and I like it because they're so detailed. The puppets beautiful. themselves, and they're super functional and super sturdy. So, yeah. like, you, it's not just like a piece of fabric. It's not like a sock puppet. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like professional grade. It's now, nice. if somebody, what this happens to me a lot. If somebody is like, I don't have any. First of all, we tell them folk man is like. Let's say they're willing to buy three puppets, two big ones and one finger puppet. What would you tell them? I I have. The first two I got were the the rabbit. I okay. call him Peter the rabbit. And so, like, I use him for everything. And I bought something that flies. I think I did buy the owl, but you could buy whatever. Right. Um, and then for finger puppets, I the one I would go to is, like, there are a lot of cool birds. Yes. Like a robin or a bluebird. Or if you're like, I'll buy the bluebird because then I can teach the bluebird song or whatever. Like, right. great. Sure. But then you can use it for a lot of other things. So, yeah. And those know. are really reasonably priced, I think. Yeah. Which yeah. is how I justified buying so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I am not going to judge. They're, I also put them on Christmas and birthday lists. And like, I have it on my list of like, for my PTO, because sometimes my PTO, you know, is like, right. oh, that's we nice. want to get you something, you know? And so like, you put that oh, on there, who that's knows? that's a good you idea. Know? So, you know, All like right. I got a peacock from my mother-in-law and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. But really? I found, I found something to do with it. Is it really big? <laughs> Oh yeah. It's so okay. big. And it has like, it has like, you can put your hand in to like control his neck and head. And then you can put your other hand in and his to feathers, feathers. All pop up. 
it's I cool. <laughs> wish I never knew that existed. <laughs> yeah, I it's feel a good like, time. I feel like, how do I not know this? Like, every time there's a new one, I, I can't imagine. And it's your fault I bought the narwhal. I'm just saying. Oh, I love that. Do you have the book, <laughs> Wendell, the narwhal? I do. Okay, um, well, and there you go. There is a funny story in my family because... I don't know. I don't feel like I should be embarrassed about this. <laughs> I did not know that narwhals were real things. <laughs> I actually thought narwhals were like a made-up creature. And this happened... They seem like they should yeah. be. And by the way, honestly. I'm not talking about like when I was 10. I'm talking about <laughs> last year. <laughs> when I was 52. <laughs> My kids are like, Mom, you know narwhals are real. I'm like, no, they're not. And I'm like, and I had that book. That's why I'm like, look at this book. Oh, this whimsical narwhal. And my son like showed me. I, I think I was traumatized for quite a while. <laughs> I was like, how is this thing swimming through the water with this giant? But I did. I it's did. An actual, it's a good question, actually. Yes, I mean. thank you. But now finally my oldest son has said, all right, mom, it's reasonable to have thought that was not real. I'm like, now you're going to tell me unicorns are real. And then yeah, my daughter right. tried to, but I was like, no, I know those are not. <laughs> so stop it right now. <laughs> my dad keeps insisting jackalopes are real, but I'm not going to, I'm not going there. <laughs> I'll admit that's one I've wondered about. <laughs> All right. So any other favorite puppets that you think people need or how you use them you want to share? Well, okay. My other favorite thing that gets some people really excited about puppets is I teach the four voices using puppets. Mm -hmm. So like each, each puppet like has a voice. That they're like, it's the best Ooh. one. And here's why. So like um, Peter, the rabbit teaches people about speaking voice and where they can use it, how can use it, why they, and snowy, the owl does singing voice and she sings, who are you? And the kids get to sing That's their, their idea, voice right? back. They sing their name back in their singing voice. I mean, super fun. And then there's a butterfly for the whisper voice and you can't talk too loud. She gets scared. She's a butterfly. And then grizzly, the bear does the shouting voice. It's just, it's become, <laughs> I do it, it's become more involved and they have these little backstories and yeah, I mean, but you, like, you get the into kids, it. it. It is so much fun for them. And the kids like, remember it so well, you of know, because they remember that story and they remember that character and oh, how funny that Grizzly would shout when he wasn't supposed to. And do you I still mean, use it with your bigger kids? Them? They with ask your... for it. No, I was just going to say, I yeah. teach to fourth grade and the fourth graders will be upset if they see one of the puppets like peeking out of something and they're like, how come we don't do that? Like, how come we're not, you know, using those puppets? Well, we're, mine is Sir Sings a lot. That's the, one of the first ones that they have. So I'm glad to know that you use them with your kids. Your kids. No. Yeah. Kids ask about it. They're like, what can you, can you use a puppet? I'm like, uh, do you <laughs> want me to? And so like, it's funny because I've also gotten to the point where like, I just put on the puppet and I just go with it. You know, yeah. whether kids are like, it's not real. Like, I know. I never. Oh, I really? Have, I'm, yeah. Says who? That's what I'm like. <laughs> or, are you like sure? If, yeah. If I'm feeling snarky, see, now you would never do this. I'm like, really? That's what you're going to do? Like, that's what you're going with? <laughs> you're just crushing dreams left and right? Going kids like, okay, that's not real. <laughs> two things. First, I had a, a first grader last year who I'm not joking. He was like, Mr. Rao, is Snowy real? And I was like. Oh. Snowy the owl. Do you, do you notice how she doesn't move if I'm not holding her, and how she doesn't say anything if I'm not also talking? So like, and I was like, so. But then he was like, uh huh. I was like, so what do you think? He's like, not real. It's <laughs> like, no, oh, I'm still not convinced. Yeah. So, but then with my old, there's always that one kid who's like, that's not real. It's a right. puppet. And 
I will take the puppet and I will cover its ears and I'll be like, you're right, but don't tell her. And That's then I'll right. just keep going. How rude. And they're like, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. And they yeah, just exactly. go with it. Yep. Yep. I I mean, when a kid says that, I'm, I always, I think my go-to is just kind of like, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Do you, or, um, like, this is what I mean, because I'm so bad. I'm like, well, I could just put it away. Like, now that it's been, it's like, no, uh-huh. don't put it away. Yeah. Okay, so let's just keep going. All right. By the way, I never thought about that four voices. Oh, it's so much fun. I did a whole blog post about it. If you want to, like, see, like, the, yeah, sil- yeah. the silly things that I say. Oh, yeah. You can- <laughs> okay, so I'll put, I'll put that on the page for the show. Um, anything else? Any other, like, kind of regulars that make appearances? Or have we covered them? I think that we've gotten a lot of them. You know, I think uh, there's, um, if you know Lynn Kleiner, she has a bunch of books out. And there's a book called SOS Songs of the Sea, which I use a lot of her songs for all different things. And there's a song called Larry the Lobster, which is so much fun. But I have a little lobster finger puppet where your index finger and middle finger go into his claws. Claws, So you can like... He can walk, he can keep the steady beat. He can, I mean, it's super cute and like fits the song perfectly, but then I use the puppet for like a ton of other things. But um, the, the one thing I'll say, my puppet pro tip for finger puppets. Yes, please. Puppet hack. Um, my puppet hack, yes, <laughs> hashtag, is that um, I take a mallet, just like a basic wooden mallet you'd use for a wood block, okay. and I put the puppet on the mallet. So that it's like sitting on the mallet because with, with the puppets, like, especially if you're thinking about germs nowadays, you can't Lysol them. Oh, that's a good point. You know, whatever. But if you give the kid just the mallet, then you can Lysol like the wooden mallet. And then also you're cutting down on transfer time because the time it takes a kid to pull a finger puppet off its finger and hand to someone else. Yeah. If they just, it's like a baton. They're just handing off. And so. Oh, that I like is, that. That was like my huge trick of like, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> number one, more sanitary and number two, so much faster. Yeah, so. faster. Cause I have that same problem, like passing a puppet in back in the old days when we could do that would be, mm-hmm. and of course they don't want to give it up. So no. it would, they'd like going so slow. <laughs> like, okay, now like time is ticking, ticking away. Um, all right. So I'm going to end with this. And before I go, I want to say, I, I have to give a shout out to my friend Jennifer Bailey from Sing to Kids, who is also a puppet fanatic. Um, she should have been here with us. We've had but conversations about yes, this, Jennifer. Yes, <laughs> this is a this is a we have we need a support group, and of course, in the support group, we will only speak through puppets. It'll be sponsored by Folk Manus <laughs> yes, and the Puppet folk, Company, Folk Manus and, yes. and West Music, <laughs> and Muppets, the Muppets, and Muppets. yeah. Yeah, well, I told my kids, listen, you brought this up, so this part's your fault. When I was in middle school, I won a contest um, from my seventh grade English class to say um, an announcement. And the way I did it was I had a Fozzie the Bear, Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy set of puppets. And I did the announcement using those puppets. And I never thought about this. This is obviously a long time ago. I just told my kids this story. I went to the office and I did the announcement with the puppets. And my kids are like, why did you bring the puppets? Nobody could see you. And I'm like, you do not understand the magic of the puppet. <laughs> you can't get in the character if yeah. they're not there. You think I'm just going to move my hand like an idiot? I need Fozzie Bear on this hand. <laughs> and kermit the frog on this hand okay so here's i get it here's my here's my last thing (laughs) my last thing you're on a desert island you can bring 10 puppets david 
who's coming with you, and how are you going to sneak everybody else in? Okay, I have an answer for this. <laughs> so, Let's hear it. Okay. Um, first of all, I love the premise that we're on Desert <laughs> Island and I'm bringing puppets. Well, why wouldn't like, you? Really? <laughs> Who are you going to talk to? A volleyball? Exactly. I love it. It's like Survivor and my mm-hmm. like choice items are not like a pocket knife. Yeah, or no. Like a ham Please. radio. You're going to die very quickly. You might as well go out like in a blaze of puppet glory. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay. Well, I would bring probably all the ones that I mentioned that I use okay. all the time, right? And then just for sheer enjoyment, I would probably bring, there's a there's a puppet, um, it is a monarch butterfly that actually Ooh. transitions from caterpillar and then you unzip and becomes a chrysalis. Wait, you what? And it becomes a butterfly. Yeah. It's a life cycle. <gasps> and they, it like you, you like unzip and then fold them in and the caterpillar becomes a chrysalis and then you unzip and it becomes a huge, huge <laughs> butterfly. What is happening at the Folk Manus offices? <laughs> I don't know, but I love it. <laughs> like who is, um, <laughs> maybe we need to work for them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I want to be I, at I those meetings. Like, <laughs> I, I emailed maybe more than once and said, do you have like, do you have an ambassador program? Right. Like, no, but we'll consider it. And I was like, okay, we'll I will put it in the circular file. <laughs> Um, okay, so that one, and then okay. I I have a Mozart. Okay. Oh yes, I've seen that one. A piano. Okay. So that's like two in one, but like sure. I, I mean, so, but that one's hilarious because I can then attempt my horrible German accent and also that'll talk be very about nice. Mozart, right? And, and you can put your fingers in the keys. That's pretty fun. And that's like entertaining. So in the Desert oh, Island yeah. scenario, you it's like I'm going to a concert. Oh, for there's sure. actually an instrument and a musician. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. And then I have Krabby, who's a uh, hermit crab, and she would just be there just because, like, she's the most crotchety. Plus, also, if it's you the know, beach. anyone's going to save me right, yeah. on the beach, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the beach. it'd be just the hermit crab, <laughs> which actually was from a math curriculum. And when they well, threw really? out all the math curriculum, because they were like, we got a new one. We, of course. We're changing from, from, like, you know, math neighborhood to math avenue or whatever right, the right, new, right. you know name is that they do every two years they're gonna throw out the puppet i was like oh, <gasps> um okay and then how would i sneak in more um okay so two years ago three years ago at missouri music educators there was like a discount on you know what's well, the last day and we're giving 30 percent right. off of whatever so i went to the music is elementary booth and i bought oh i love that booth um, a blue whale which is like <laughs> It's from the pup. It's not full commandus. It's from the puppet company, and it okay. is like two and a half feet long. Oh. Like it is huge, with absolutely no consideration about how it's going to get. I was just going to ask no that. <laughs> and I had like, I had like primo packed where like I had only room for like a change of clothes and all my manipulatives or whatever that I brought along for the session, and I was doing a carry on. Only, only a carry on. Oh so I was like, Lord. how am I going to get this back? It's my travel pillow. Yes, I wore it like a (laughs) neck pillow. And the people were like, they like looked at me funny and I was like, whatever. And then like, and then, and then someone was like, wait, is that a travel pillow? I was like, sure. Yeah, it is. I was like, is that for your kid? And I was like, I don't want to admit that I don't have a kid. I have 500. So like, sure. Yeah, it's for the kids. Oh, my kids are crazy. That is awesome. Yes, I had, um, when I was going to Dubai, they opened my suitcase and it was filled with like the rainbow fan, 
um, puppets, yarn balls. I look like mm-hmm. a, like a freaky clown magician. And they were just like, "What are you doing?" I'm like teaching music teachers. <laughs> I had I had a friend who was traveling as a clinician. It's not puppet related, but she was doing a clinic at a national conference that like involved like those um, stretchy like workout band things, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the resistance bands. And TSA was going to confiscate them all because they no. were like worried she was like, going to use them as a weapon or something. <laughs> and she was like, I need them for a session. Was- and she like pulled out her session notes and was like, here, this is what they're for. Oh my gosh. I'm just having a vision of like a te- any teacher and somebody trying to take your props away from you. Like, can you imagine? I, I, would I just had a like, slide whistle taken at TSA. No, that's happened to me before too. Like they're like, yeah, what is this? <laughs> we see something metal and it looks like it could be a weapon. I was like, it's my slide whistle. They're like, what? And I pantomimed. I was like, Ooh. and they're like, oh. <laughs> there is nothing weirder than music teachers. <laughs> no, yeah, they laughed at me. Oh, okay. The other puppet I would bring is my lightning bug because its butt lights up, and that would be I have that one. And entertaining. <laughs> I have that one. I got it because I was I was wondering if I could pass it as a cricket. Because <laughs> it kind of, or like a grasshopper. It kind of looked like. It does look like it that. It does look like that. Um, but then uh, I didn't know that the butt lit up until my kid found out mm-hmm. it did. Um, well, that's the jig was up. You're never yeah. using that as a grasshopper. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish they had. A, I found, I'm embarrassed to say. I was looking for a grasshopper puppet or a cricket puppet, and I still am, so anybody out there has one, hit me up. Um, (laughs) I saw that there was... Well, man, if you're listening, we got a suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I found, like, a Jiminy cricket. Oh, yeah. I didn't... But I found that there was one from many years ago, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say how long I tried to find that puppet. Like searched on ebay searched on like mm-hmm. these places in china which were very sketchy looking like and i still it's like my white whale i'm just saying i can't <laughs> find the cricket because i well, use I'll it for tell you oh yeah okay so Folkman is the brand not i i seriously am not an ambassador or <laughs> but you should be. for the record but i wish i could be um they they're partnering with disney these last couple years mm-hmm. so like they have disney branded puppets Those like they look have many great Mickey so you could potentially get a Jiminy Cricket if Pinocchio comes out of the Disney vault or something. I mean, but the thing is, it has to be small. That's the problem. Yeah. Because I use it for tapping the beat on the body. And so, um, well, excuse me. This is kind of embarrassing. I'm just realizing a parent of a kindergartner did buy me a Cricket puppet, which was very nice. But it is huge. It's like this big and like a foot and a half big and I was just like nope that's not <laughs> so I do have a excuse me and also I have a problem knowing the difference between a cricket and a grasshopper but that's a different conversation oh, so I somebody well, talked to a science teacher yeah about, basically yeah, <laughs> geography math I'm horrible at crickets versus but anyway David thank you so so much it was really fun to talk to you it was great to talk to you too. Yeah. I'm so glad uh, we were able to do this. I, anytime you're gonna talk about puppets, you just yeah. Let me know. I mean, I was just gonna. I was thinking like I'm there. <laughs> I should also have you on to talk about you know other stuff too. But <laughs> it just felt right to do puppets. You know, anytime I'll talk about whatever, but puppets. You know, <laughs> I feel that. But as well, and I'm go- I'm seriously gonna like find Folk Manus and send them this episode. <laughs> 
I was just to say. I would love that. Like, I, I, if they're listening, I really am interested in an ambassador program. Yeah, I'd be happy. and I'll be like his ambassador <laughs> assistant. He's the king. I'm like a princess. Like I, <laughs> I, I'm not quite there, but I'm getting up there. And for, I for sure we have recommended Fogmanis puppets to potentially thousands of people. So well, you know, they, Folkmanis. They should check it out. <laughs> I'm just saying, you want to send us a little puppet gift? I'm not going to say no. <laughs> but she's looking for a cricket, is what yes, she's saying. Yes, what I'm saying. One in the vault. The next time you're sitting at your creative meeting, if you can create yeah. a puppet that's a you know a caterpillar and turns it into a butterfly, surely you can make a cricket. Oh, for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. that that can't Probably be hard. scraps in their creative room exactly. <laughs> Just throw one together. Anyway, thank you for being here. Um, I'm happy to talk to you about this stuff, and I hope you'll come back. Yeah, I would love to. Thanks for having me. Hey, where are you, Folk Manus? <laughs> but for real, for those of you out there who don't yet have a Folk Manus puppet, go get one. You could start with their adorable, magical, and well-priced finger puppets like I love the hummingbirds, I love the owls, I have a black bear, I have some bunnies, uh, and then work your way up to full attic status with one of the literal big dogs. Thank you so much again, David, for joining me. I had so much fun talking to you, and I can't wait to have you on again. You should check out David's blog, makemomentsmatter.org where he shares ideas about classroom content, management, lesson plans, critical thinking, and more. Search for Make Moments Matter, colon, a music education podcast, wherever you download podcasts, or catch up with David every week on his Musical Mondays live videos on Facebook. Find even more information about David and some of the things we discussed on the episode at bit.ly slash music ed amplified. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Music Ed Amplified. The Music Ed Amplified podcast music was composed and performed by my husband, Jeremy Strong, who also helps produce and edit the podcast, and my second-born son, Owen Strong. It would be wonderful if you would subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you listen and even share it with others so that we can get these important discussions out to more and more people in order to facilitate real change in the profession. We are a brand new podcast, so every little bit of promotion helps us. As always, thank you for spending time with me. I hope that you laughed, that you have been encouraged, supported, and inspired, and that you're motivated to reflect on your philosophy and practice. I'll see you next time. But until then, keep doing everything you can to create a more musical, thoughtful, and just world for your students, their families, and your community.